Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar. There is a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. In today's episode, I'm covering something that martial artists all do, debate and argue. It sometimes feels like social media and the online community has fostered these debates and arguments, but martial artists arguing their beliefs while denouncing the beliefs and practices of others goes far beyond the invention of the internet. People have been bickering about which art is better and which techniques are preferable for ages. Usually these arguments are backed by an abundant amounts of ego and pride. Arrogance and loyalty to teachers and predecessors is a factor too, which makes these arguments even more personal. Someone's martial art is personal, extremely personal. Their choice in which art to practice, which teacher to learn from, and how they practice and perform their art are all very personal choices. When someone criticizes any of these, it feels like a significant insult to our very being. This is not unique to martial arts either. Any artist which creates a piece of work, whether it's a sculpture, painting, jewelry, piece of furniture, or anything, puts their passion and inspiration into it. When someone comes along and looks at it and says, that sucks, or that's awful, this is not a mere aesthetic opinion statement to the artist. It's a potent disapproval of their very soul. There is a measure of emotional pain associated with it. Most professional artists and designers develop a thick skin to help dull this impact because they deal with it on a constant basis. Those who don't build this thick skin tend to respond poorly. Martial artists have their own flavor of poor responses to criticisms. These are so common in the world of debate that they have been identified as logical fallacies. I'm going to go through a list of the most common logical fallacies I've seen and heard among martial artists and give you examples of each one. Among intellectuals, the list of fallacies acts as a tangible reminder of how not to respond in an argument or debate. They indicate poor form and reflect a lack of intellectual integrity. Knowing this list well serves two purposes. First, when you recognize a logical fallacy, you know someone is putting up a poor argument and you know not to fall for it. That doesn't mean their point is not valid. It may be. However, their argument is not based on logic and reason and should be dismissed. Second, it serves as a reminder for what to avoid when it comes to making your own arguments. Stick to solid methods of presenting your ideas or opinions and do not indulge in the use of fallacies. When you present your arguments rationally, it will make your case far more compelling and your ability to influence other people will improve drastically. Let's get started with each of these logical fallacies and their martial arts equivalents. These are not in any particular order, but I will start out with what are probably the two most common logical fallacies used by martial artists, the straw man argument and the argument to authority. First, the straw man. We have all both heard this one and done it ourselves. It's probably the easiest trap to fall into because we think it is compelling. A straw man fallacy is when an opponent's viewpoint is overstated or misrepresented in order to be more easily attacked or refuted. A martial arts example of this would be, let's say that I stated that having your hands in your pockets was not a good place if someone you felt might be a threat comes close to you. A straw man argument would be, so what, you bring your hands up and punch them in the face first just because you think that they may be a threat to you? This is an obvious example, but the minute you see a statement being exaggerated for the sake of refuting it, 
you know you're dealing with a straw man argument. You can also be pretty confident that the person is trying to create an argument, not find understanding. From an Aikido standpoint, this is an attack. The next fallacy is the argument to authority. In the martial arts world, this comes in the form of, my instructor said X, so it must be true. And that could not only be their instructor, but a high-ranked Shihan or senior instructor. It could be Osensei, Bruce Lee, or anyone who is viewed as an authority. The argument to authority assumes that the statement made by that authority is correct. In reality, it may not be. A good example of an argument to authority, although non-martial, is the Bible says X. Christians believe that the Bible is the word of God and is therefore the ultimate authority. Non-Christians do not hold the Bible as a source of authority at all, so this leads the argument to fall flat. If you argue that murder is bad, you can make that argument solidly without having to state that the Bible says as much. It's much harder to make the case for stoning your wife to death if you feel that she might be cheating on you for the same reason. Just because the Bible says that's right doesn't make it so. For martial artists, their loyalty towards their teacher and organization is often the source for the authority. Obviously, loyalty can run very deep and strong. We don't want to be faced with the uncomfortable reality that our instructor might be flawed or incorrect. Instructors are people, and people are not perfect. We all have our flaws. None of us knows it all, and we all have things to learn. Here are some other logical fallacies, in no particular order. Appeal to ignorance is a fallacy based on the assumption that the statement must be true if it cannot be proven false, or false if it cannot be proven true. Such as, I've never seen that technique work in a real fight, therefore it could not work in a real fight. Clearly, just because someone didn't witness it doesn't mean it's not possible. This fallacy is pretty easy to spot as it always includes statements like, I've never seen, or I've never heard of, and such. The trickery of this fallacy is that it uses the ignorance of the arguer to put the burden on the other person to show evidence in support of their claim. The more difficult or impossible it is to produce that evidence, the more successful this fallacy tends to be. Reductio ad absurdum, which is Latin for reduction to absurdity, is a form of argument that attempts to establish a claim by reducing the opposing claim to an absurd degree in order to disprove it. A martial arts example would be, if you punch someone, you're intending to hurt them. If you don't mind hurting them, just pull a gun and shoot them. Would you want to do this to your drunk uncle at a family gathering? I'm using an example I've heard many times within the Aikido community. Reducing harm to lump in punching someone with shooting them is a pretty clear fallacy presented in an attempt to advocate causing no harm whatsoever. The hasty generalization fallacy might just deserve a spot in the top three most commonly used fallacies in martial arts. It is a really common one overall and we hear it all the time. It comes in the form of overly broad claims which are inaccurate. In the martial arts world, it would be things like, all BJJ is is crawling around on your butt. Wrestling is better than boxing. Or the ever popular, all Aikido is useless. Overly broad statements are easy to spot and easy to discredit. They reflect a perspective of low comprehension or understanding. Broad and inaccurate statements are invitations to arguments, usually with people who are spoiling to argue. In the internet world, these are called trolls. They are not there to reason, but to stir up anger and frustration. My favorite term to describe this is trying to play chess with a pigeon. They knock over the pieces, crap on the board, and then fly back to their flock claiming victory. There is no point in engaging in a chess game with them. The bandwagon fallacy is where something is assumed to be correct or valid because everyone else is doing it. 
I'm sure most of us heard it from our mother, the classic line, if your friends all went to jump off a cliff, would you do that too? A martial equivalent might be, most people believe the pleats and hakama represent the seven virtues of Budo. Just because a lot of people embrace an opinion doesn't make it true. In the case of hakama, which I covered in a previous episode, hakama were garments whose design goes back to about the 6th century. The code of Budo only goes back to about the early 20th century, or maybe just a little farther. So what did those seven pleats represent in the approximately 1400 years in between? They probably didn't represent anything, and that's just the way the garments were constructed. The virtues were a relatively modern invention that was attached to Hakama long after they had been around. The no true Scotsman fallacy is a classic of martial arts, especially in Aikido. It is a fallacy which is an appeal to purity and uses vagueness to create confusion. The no true Scotsman fallacy is actually a combination of several fallacies. So what is it exactly? Let me explain a classic example. Suppose I assert that no Scotsman puts sugar on his porridge. You counter this by pointing out that your friend Angus likes sugar with his porridge. I then say, ah yes, but no true Scotsman puts sugar on his porridge. In the martial arts world, it might go something like this. Aikido is useless in a real fight. But what about this MMA fight where one of the fighters successfully used an Aikido technique? Yeah, but they're not an Aikido guy. It's just Angus and his porridge all over again. I recently saw this fallacy again and used regarding Osensei himself. The claim was that competition is not Aikido because Osensei stated his disapproval for competition. Therefore, anything which involved competition would not be Aikido. The problem with this argument is twofold. First, Osensei entertained many challenges to prove his art was powerful. This was certainly a competition. So, could one say that Osensei wasn't doing Aikido because he engaged in competitive challenges? Second, evidently the few mentions that Osensei made regarding competition were in passing. They really were not a serious concern of his. I think it's far more likely, given what we see of his repeated actions in engaging in these challenges, that his statements regarding competition have been exaggerated a great deal. It is an argument to purity, using cherry-picked statements, which is the fallacy here. There are many more logical fallacies, but the last one I'll mention here is the ad hominem fallacy. This is a personal attack. I'm not talking merely about statements like, you're an idiot, or the typical name-calling we see all over the internet. More elaborate ad hominem attacks include, you've only practiced a few years, so what do you know? Or, who was your teacher? Or, you study a different art, so you don't know. It's very easy to fall into this fallacy, and the provocations of people who want to start heated arguments make such responses mighty appealing. They just don't go anywhere good, though. You'll never get a response like, you know what, you're right, I am an idiot. I don't know what I was thinking. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm better now. You will never convince the pigeon not to knock over the pieces and crap on the board. However, online exchanges being what they are, many other people are listening and watching. Consider that indulging in insults, as satisfying as it may sound, will not impress those who are observing. What feels good in the moment will produce nothing positive for you. It's not necessarily satisfying to walk away letting a troll have the last word, but it is a far better strategic choice than to get into it with them. The old farmer advice comes to mind. Never wrestle with a pig. You both get covered in crap, and the pig likes it. The use of all these fallacies stem from the same source which is a defense of dogmatic beliefs over objective results. They are all rhetorical tricks used to obscure the truth and sow confusion. 
Sadly, Aikido is awash with confusion about what it is supposed to do, how it's supposed to do it, and even what it is. Hell, practitioners can't even agree on the definitions of its most fundamental terms. In regards to debates, make sure you are only engaging in ones which are worth your time and you have a chance of achieving your goal. You should also identify your goal. Is it to change someone else's mind? If so, you should definitely assess whether that's even possible. Many times, it's not possible. Oftentimes, people are not there to learn and are not ready to change their views, no matter how good a case you put forward. Check yourself, too. Are you ready to possibly change your viewpoint if you're presented with a good and compelling case? If not, it may be you who is the chess-playing pigeon. Establish your goal as trying to find the truth, not just proving you are correct or wise, and stick to it. Getting into discussions, debates, and arguments with the goal of proving how smart you are is a fool's errand. It usually results in just the opposite, showing everyone your arrogance and vanity. What does command respect is presenting solid logic, reason, and accurate information in a way that makes sense. A good case built on solid facts can stand on its own. It doesn't need fallacies and rhetorical trickery to prevail. It is poor logic and bad reasoning which needs to be supported by fallacious arguments. Unfortunately, even a good case can be made poorly by people who use fallacies when making their case. Fallacies should be avoided if you want to make a good case or argument for something. If it's solid, it won't need the trickery. There's an art to debate and presenting a good case, just as there is an art to conversation. It's not easy to be clear, concise, and present logic and reason in a powerful way. It takes practice and is well worth the effort, just like martial arts. You cannot expect to be good at it without practice. The process of honing these skills will bruise the ego because you will learn along the way that your viewpoint might be incomplete, somewhat flawed, or outright wrong. You strengthen yourself intellectually by purging yourself of false beliefs and opinions. Doing so is painful for a moment, but you are much better for it when you let go of false ideas. It's kind of like doing push-ups, which are uncomfortable while you do them, but you're stronger for having done them. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There is a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.